I would lean into partnerships. Uh, my partner is one of my partners is really good at like, like board of directors and getting all the like structure set up and phantom stock and all that really advanced stuff that I don't fully understand. Um, but I do know that something I've learned is that partnerships are great. And if you can bring people in, even if it's for a small percentage of your company, um, or if it's even conditionally based, I love that idea because it gives people skin in the game and they want to make it work. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has started several businesses and grown them to seven and eight figure companies, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the episode, Evan Knox. And uh, Evan uh, graduated from high school, joined, uh, I think it was joined the Church Mission Foundation did some work for the church for a period of time. Um, and his wife, I think, graduated from Michigan State, and they were working to pay off some debt. And throughout all that, he decided he was going to start a uh, um, what was called caffeine marketing because he wanted to help out with his dad's business originally. And good job, way to be a good son and help out your dad. And then once your dad, had, or your dad and I think your grandfather had passed over a period of time, you decided, hey, I wanted to, you wanted to start transition over and help start helping other startups and small businesses and kind of shifted from what would be social media marketing to more of a marketing strategy or more of a holistic uh, look at it um, and developed a business that you did over a period of time for um, with um, some partnerships and you've grown it then kind of to where you're at today. Is that a fair summary of your journey? Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. Big, All big right. So far. So now with that, now that I've given the quick intro, why don't we dive in a bit deeper? So tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got started. Absolutely. So I originally started doing marketing when I was working for my grandfather. So I would work at his jewelry store here in the Atlanta area and he would teach me. I mean, I was like a teen. I was like maybe 12, 13 years old or so. And he would take me aside. He'd be like, all right, we're going to place this ad in the Atlanta Symphony. Here's what we're going to say. We're going to use these pictures. These are some of our most popular products. Here's what I think is going to appeal to this demographic. Here's why we're choosing this ad, this format, et cetera. And I really thought all of the strategy of that was really interesting, even at a young age. Um, and then it really became interesting to me when I was working at a nonprofit in Charlotte um, and I'm, like half my role was marketing there. And I love the, the math and strategy side of it. So the paid advertising. One, one thing but, I'll jump, jump back just a little bit in your journey just because I thought it was interesting. So you started out yeah. right out of high school you went in and did uh, work for a church or did church mission foundation. Is that what you mentioned? Right? Yep. So I went from, so I went from high school to join an organization called YWAM. So it stands for youth with a mission. And essentially you get to be like a mini missionary. Like you don't have to commit to be there for years or your whole life. You get to go out there for six months at a time. Um, and so I joined YWAM to go and I lived in Australia and then Thailand um, and did essentially like Christian mission nonprofit work with them. And then eventually I went back to Georgia and then went to Colorado to do their school. So they have like a university system. And so I went there and then I started to work at a church in Colorado, met my wife in Colorado. We moved and went down to Charlotte. So the East coast and worked at a church there called Elevation Church. Hmm. And then at that point is when my, my dad passed away. So my dad was a business owner. He, um, just real quick, and then we'll absolutely yes. dive into that. So one yes. thing I thought was interesting, one of the reasons I hit on that, so I served a, a religious mission for my church as well. So I'm a nice. 
uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as LDS or Mormon. Um, but mm -hmm. I was in Taiwan for a couple of years and, you know, oh, that's fine. different, but I also went abroad and did that and learned that's where part of my Mandarin Chinese. And I went back when I, after I got done with that and set, or added that on as a double major. So I just thought it was an interesting commonality that we've at least uh, done different or in different forms or fashions done uh, missions for our churches. So I think that was cool. So I love that. Yeah. And I saw, um, like I met a lot of like LDS people like uh, over in Thailand because you just, you're like the only other non-asian ethnicity out there you know so you're like oh hey you got a little bit more hey we're the only other people that especially if the, for the missionaries that wear white shirt and tie and suits and whatnot yeah. you certainly stick out a bit yeah just a little bit we were like we were like riding on a tuk-tuk one time which is like a little motorcycle thing huh. and then we like came up on a traffic light um next to some guys on their bikes and they're you know the full outfit so that was awesome we we're like hey how's it going like they're like oh hey <laughs> It was a great time. We really enjoyed that moment. So. All right, cool. That just it was a bit of a side note, but just find it was interesting the the commonalities there. So you did that for Mission Church, and before you, so you had your dad. You wanted you you were starting to jump into that. What did you decide to? What made you decide to to leave the the church? You know, the church mission and to transfer to adjust. It was more of you wanted to help your dad, or you wanted to do something different, or how did you kind of make that initial first transition? Yeah, so I definitely loved working for my family growing up. Um, it was full of, I'll say every day was interesting <laughs> because a family business, there's like different levels of health. And I'd say ours was in the middle. Any day it could go a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really cool and I really enjoyed it. But my grandfather was the one who actually, so my dad owned a diamond company. So he would import diamonds from Israel and sell them to people like my grandfather, to like, like different jewelry stores. So he did more B2B and then he also helped some of my grandfather's jewelry store. Um, but then my grandfather actually ran the brick and mortar retail jewelry store. And my grandfather, when I was like 17 or 18, he came up to me, I think it was like 18 or something like that. Mm. He's like, Hey, Evan, I'm not allowing you to work in the jewelry business. He still tells me this to this day. Like, it's like <laughs> one of his more, um, I think it's actually one of his more proud moments because I feel like, and I don't know that he's correct. Like, I think that I probably could have made it work and, you know, done well in that. Um, but I think to him, he feels like that was the limitation for me. If I would have stayed there and stayed in the business, he felt like there was more out there for me than that. So that was why I didn't stay in the jewelry industry with my, my, my dad and my grandfather. Um, and then why I went from ministry over to, um, essentially business, like just marketing business instead of just uh, nonprofit marketing mm -hmm. was that my dad had actually passed away. So I came down to Atlanta um, and I thought to myself, you know what, I, I really wanna learn a lot more about business. Um, my dad is no longer with us and my grandfather was about to retire, but I can help other business owners like them. And I really did enjoy this idea that I could get really up to speed on all the different types of businesses, which is actually really helpful because now I'm a, I, I have caffeine marketing, but I'm also a partner in a group called Tactos. And Tactos is a holding group where we acquire, grow, and sell businesses. Mm -hmm. So we essentially like, it's like fixer upper, but for businesses. Um, <laughs> it's okay. really fun. Yeah, it's really cool. And so anyway, we, we do that. And my like diverse skill set of marketing with working a lot, a lot of different B2B, B2C companies, making that profitable for them has been really helpful for our investments. Um, so it's really cool. 
So one question, diving back just a little bit in your, so you started caffeine or caffeine marketing, did that, you wanted to help your dad's business and, uh, and, you know, help the family businesses. And then you said your, both was it both your dad and your grandfather passed away over a period of time? So my, my dad passed away um, and my grandfather retired. So he had been working in it 50, 55 years. He had owned his store and then he essentially handed that over to my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my grandfather, just because he can, and I think he likes to do it, he'll go in like once every other week mm. um, and just do something, kind of piddle around. But people love to see him. He really is almost like he's one of those people. And I, I kind of think I'm a little outgoing, but he is on a different spectrum. Like he is incredibly gifted with people. It's taught me everything I know about communicating with people. I'm probably an introvert that he has helped shape me to communicate with other human beings. And he would, we would walk in just the middle of Atlanta, like just everywhere we went, he knew somebody or somebody knew him. And just even so much true that I went to a, my skis had busted. So we live in Atlanta, so we can't actually like snow ski out here. Hmm. Um, But I was flying back from Colorado and skiing and my ski bindings cracked and my skis, you know, got damaged. And so I remember going into the ski shop and then saying something like, oh, do you live around here? And I was like, yeah, like I kind of grew up in the area. My grandfather owns a jewelry store. He's like, oh, yeah, what's the name of it? It's like Knox Jewelers. And he's like, oh, I got you. Don't even worry about it. I know Bob. I know Bob for <laughs> whatever years, you know. Bob would be mad if I charged you. So I'm like, all right, cool. You fix That's cool. And, that, and the, the funny thing is that was how my grand. I'm more, much more of an introvert. I don't, I'm not one that just loves to go and talk to strangers and do a ton of that, but that was how my grandpa. So I grew up in a small town. It's in, here in Utah. It's, you know, I think my graduating class in high school is like 180 people. Every, wow. You know, at least when I grew up, it's grown a lot since then, but when I grew up, everybody kind of knew everybody, but my, everybody knew my grandpa and everybody always talked to him. He was the most, you'd, go sit down next to a stranger, strike up a conversation. Yes. Usually if I sit down and buy a stranger, I pull out my phone. So I don't have to strike up a conversation, but I think, I think that personality type and that is really cool that uh, some things to learn from both our grandpas. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's what made him so special. And I mean, mine's still with us, but I mean, he's, he's really old, you know what I mean? So he's not as quite, you know, getting it going as he used to be. It takes him a little longer to walk across the room. That's all. All right. So now jumping back or taking off of our side and jumping back to the conversation. So dad, dad passed away and sorry to, sorry to have your dad passed away and grandpa retired. So how did you, and uncle takes over the business. How did you then, what was it? How did you make the transition to going from working with the family business and running that to kind of starting your own business or putting more of an emphasis and building clientele and doing all those type of things? Mm -hmm. So when we moved down from Charlotte, I thought to myself, oh, golly, I've been doing this church thing for a while. I was like, I just need to have a little break. You know, it's like, I'm going to go get a normal sales job. And then I went and got a job at a car dealership because my friend told me that that was like a really good way to like make money. And about three weeks into that, the owner was like throwing things across the room of the car dealership. and was like yelling at people and cussing them out. And I just thought, you know, this is not... This is not what I want to do. Like, I have this, I, I know I can start this thing, um, cafe marketing, but I just know it's going to be so much work. And I knew how much work it was as a kid to start little quote businesses, like to hire my friends out to do uh, lawn care or like do marketing for a little lawn care business or move people or 
Um, whatever, you know, I knew how much work that was. I thought, man, if I'm going to like actually do this, this is going to be a lot. Um, and my wife was like, you need to do it. Like you could totally do it. Um, and so she kind of like, I wasn't, I don't think I was nervous to do it. I just almost, I don't know. It's like, God, oh, it's just so much effort. And mm. she was like, just go freaking do it. And I was like, okay, all right, whatever. So building clientele was especially hard. Um, and it was hard because I didn't have any capital. And in fact, we had around $90,000 in student loan debt when we got married. And by that point, we probably had like 60 or so left. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was about, every client I got was about paying the bills <laughs> and paying off student loan debt. So I couldn't reinvest. I could, I just chose not to reinvest my own advertising and instead just do like organically. Okay. So, so you did that. And how long ago was that? When did you just kind of start doing your own thing with caffeine or, or branching out from the family business? Um, so I started caffeine maybe four years ago, three or four years ago. Yep. Um, but yeah, I started all organic and then trying to balance paying off student loan debt. We paid off all of our debt within three years um, of being married, which is like super cool. And we're, we love that. And then at that point, it was kind of, it was a lot easier to run caffeine because um, we were not operating in like <laughs> really nervous all the time, it felt like. And yeah, then creating my own paid strategies, creating a marketing funnel, creating a sales funnel. Um, and then I, you mentioned it in the intro, but I started thinking, all right, I really want to do social media marketing, right? Because it's kind of this new thing, a lot of intimidates a lot of business owners. But then I found the real thing that the business owners were looking for was somebody to help them grow their company. And they didn't know how. And so they were kind of just trying stuff, like throwing stuff on the wall, hoping that it would ultimately be the thing that helped them grow their company. But in reality, they needed a guide or somebody to help them come in there and give them a strategic vision and a marketing plan and execute on it because they either didn't have time, didn't have the team for it, whatever. Um, and so that's why we pivoted from doing social media to do more uh, like overall marketing strategy and execution. So we, now we do websites, paid advertising, um, messaging, really anything that is going to make marketing profitable for these small business owners. Okay. So you did that. Now you so you made that transition, getting your own thing going, got the student loans paid off, get, or starting to finally be able to reinvest in the business. Now you look and say, now what's the next six months to a year look like for you? Where are you heading? What do you think? Where do you think the marketplace is? Where are you going to position yourself and how are you going to keep growing? So, this year has been one of my favorite years in business. And the reason is, is because I've really leaned into this partnership idea. Mm. And when I started, it was just me, right? Like I was like, I'm just gonna figure it out myself. Um, and part of me, I think just didn't study as well. I was like, I just want to want to be my thing, which is totally fine. That's a totally reasonable request. But I had my first partnership when I became a partner in a fly fishing guide business, which I still am today. Um, it's the number one fly fishing business now in, in Georgia. It's called Bowman Fly Fishing. And I'm not, I, like, I'm, I'm not overselling it. Like, it's incredible. The guy that is my co-owner does an awesome job. Um, and so when we came together for this partnership, I thought, man, there's something really to this. Because while I love working with clients, I really love working with partners. Because when you've got somebody in there in the trenches with you, you're kind of going arm to arm with them. You're figuring it out together. Um, it's no longer this hey, I don't know if like this X number of dollars per month is worth it, you know, that I'm paying this agency or whatever. It's never like a, how do I reduce this expense at all times? It's mm. how do we grow this together? So it becomes a different question for the other person on the side. 
And I really enjoyed that because we could do better work. We could do it with a lot more trust. And so then I met these two other guys. They have a similar vision. They have different skill sets. One guy is really good at um, finance as well as like networking and building relationships and, and deal making. Another guy is great at operations. And so we formed a group called Tactos, which is what I mentioned earlier. And that's when we either acquire a business or we acquire a percentage of a business. And then we either take on ownership, like we take over operations or we have them implement a system hmm. and then, um, you know, turn around and sell them. So it's been, it's really, really fun because it's no longer, yeah, it's just tough when you, I feel so bad. And that's why I started caffeine because I feel bad for the business owner because they know they had, they never got into their business to do marketing. They got in there because they had an awesome product or an awesome idea, or they wanted to do something like fly fishing guiding, you know? Hmm. Um, so it's tough because they're, yeah, they're having to balance it. Like they're just always unsure. Um, so I like the partnership. Forget. No, I, I think that's cool. So one question maybe is kind of an aside note. So you mentioned, you know, that you guys go out and you find businesses that you'll either take over, acquire, invest in or whatnot. How do you identify which businesses you look into that you want to partner up with, take over, acquire and everything else? Is it just, hey, this one looks like a good opportunity. This one looks like we have the skill set. This one looks like it's floundering. We can get a good, you know, good purchase price at it. Or how do you kind of make those decisions? So there's a really, I mean, it's a spreadsheet. Like it's an Excel spreadsheet that we enter in different values for, for our exact like deal-making recipe to make sure it's a good fit for us. Um, I'll say characteristics are typically that it's past its first year. So that it's got like a proven um, customer race, proven demand, a proven growth rate. Um, for sure, opportunities that we can help with are inefficiencies for our operations guy. Uh, and then the another one is marketing. So if they're not doing any marketing or they're not doing great marketing, that's a huge upside for us because it's just about plugging and playing our strategy. And then the company becomes vastly profitable. Um, so that's also really important. Or you might have an owner who's disinterested or disengaged or wants to try mm -hmm. something new. A lot of business owners want to become entrepreneurs and they want to start multiple businesses. And after 10 years working on one business, they're kind of tired and they need somebody else to, to take it over. Um, so okay. it's, uh, yeah. So it'd be, I would say not a brand new business. It's going to have some traction. It's got to hit a certain number of revenue. Generally it's over a million dollars in revenue. Um, and then beyond that, we like online businesses just cause they're easier to scale. That's not, we're looking at a couple right now that are not, they're like a hybrid brick and mortar and online, but we do like online because economies of scale is really good. So it's just a simpler equation. It's like, all right, if you sell number X number of goods, then here's the cost of goods sold and here's how much net profit you have. And that's what we can work with for our advertising budget. So it's just simpler. That's all. All right. No, I, that makes perfect sense. And sounds like it's a fun thing where you get a, or diversify, get to work with a different businesses and get to dip your toe in a lot of different waters. So it sounds like a fun way to approach things. Well, as we start to get, wrap up towards the end of the podcast, I always ask two questions at the end. So why don't we jump to those now? So the first question I always ask is, so what was throughout your journey, what was your worst business decision and what did you learn from it? This is my favorite question. I'm so glad that you asked it. Um, my worst decision was to take profit from the company and buy movie pass stock. That was a, just <laughs> ridiculous. No, I didn't like, I wasn't like irresponsible. I didn't take some like absurdly large number or take all of our profit or whatever. But when I like a, a distribution at a distribution, I took a distribution essentially took 
that and bought Moving Pass stock, which is so funny because I learned so much from that, from doing that. Um, and one is have integrity across all my investments. So like, I would never run Movie Pass the way it was ran, but I was just caught up in the emotions of it. And I was like, oh, it's this hot, it's new, you know? Um, but running a company at a loss is not something that I am personally a fan of. Um, so I was like, why did I invest in that? And then also I knew to just stay in my lane. Like, Evan, if you want to play in the stock market, just go get an index fund um, or go make a subscription to Motley Fool. Like, don't, don't go do your own thing. Um, so that's my worst business decision. But I loved MoviePass. It was a, I never understood how they were ever going to make any money, but it was, no. it was great to use their product while it was a business because I could go watch a whole bunch of movies without having to pay a ton of money. So Yes, we could, make, we could cost them 250 bucks per month for every $10 that took from us. So it's great. Exactly. It was, it was a great product. Now, I, again, I never understood how they were ever going to make any money. I never understood the business model, but it was, it was a cool idea. So yeah. if, you can, if you can bring back MoviePass, I'll be your first customer. Okay, good. Noted. Oh, right now with all the theaters closed, I don't even know how you'd bring it back. So you might have to wait a year or two. It probably would have gone under anyway at this exactly. point. Exactly. All right. Second question I always ask is, so now you're talking to uh, startups and somebody that's just getting into startups or small businesses, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I would lean into partnerships. Uh, my partner is, one of my partners is really good at like, like board of directors and getting all of it, like structure set up and phantom stock and all that really advanced stuff that I don't fully understand. Um, but I do know that something I've learned is that partnerships are great. And if you can bring people in, even if it's for a small percentage of your company, um, or if it's even conditionally based, I love that idea because it gives people skin in the game and they want to make it work. Um, but buyout clauses is really important too. Uh, there's, we've bought businesses where they have been soured. So like those relationships have soured, but at a macro level, my experience has been great with them so far. All right. Fair enough. So, all right. Well, I think that that's a good takeaway. And I think that, if you can find a great partner, it's absolutely somebody you can lean on and it makes all the difference. And if you get a crappy partner, it can also sink the business. So I think that that's the, the balance is to find a, a partner that will help rather than uh, hinder the business. So I think that's a good, a good, a good thing to keep in mind as you're getting uh, going into startups and small businesses. Well, as people want to now find out more about your services, they want to use your marketing services, they want to be an employee, they want to invest in you, they want to be your next partner, they have a business to pitch for you to take over, acquire, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you? Well, there'd be a lot there, so we'll just stick to two, <laughs> caffeine.marketing um, or evannox.com, and I'll direct you to the proper um, one from there. So, <laughs> All right, that makes it simple. So... Um, <clears throat> Encourage everybody to reach out if they can use your services or want to find out more to, to go to either, either place. Um, well, Evan, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all, the, all of you that are listeners, um, if you uh, have a, your own journey that you'd like to tell, feel free to uh, go to inventivejourneyguest.com and apply to be a guest on the podcast. We'd love to hear your journey. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get a notification of all the new episodes as they come out. And lastly, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Thanks again, Evan. It's been a pleasure. Wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.